on a mission. A mission to entertain and bring to you the listening public and their mom's positive news. One new format. One new series. One new joke. I mean, lots of new jokes. Welcome to That's News to Me with your hosts, Callum and Buster. Hello and welcome to That's News to Me, your weekly dose of positive news, bizarre anecdotes from history and your two favourite weirdos. My name's Callum and I'm joined by my reverend friend Buster. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, fantastic, you know, continuing lockdown, happy days, not going to see parents uh, at Christmas. So, you know, what, oh. what's, what's more upsetting than that? Can I revise my very good then? Oh, to just no, all I'm, right. I'm extremely happy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to see my mum. Brilliant. Guess in. Don't need to go home. Nah. Um, yeah, today's been all right. Week's been all right. Can't really complain, to be honest. Great. Well, that's good to hear. Should we just crack on? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, I've got a story for you, Callum. It's go for it. Uh, a pretty good one. It's from the ninth century, but. It's got Vikings in it. Is that yesteryear? It, yes. yesteryear? Yes, it's yesteryear, it's, which Great. sounds like a long time ago, but it was only yesteryear. You know? Exactly. It's, it like, it's just around the corner, but mm. actually 1,100-odd years ago. So yeah. this, in the, in the middle of the 9th century, uh, this is a, a hearty tale about a Viking double act. So the headline of this story is Vikings attack Rome or possibly even zombie Vikings attack Rome. That's actually a pretty good headline. Zombie Vikings attack Rome. This sounds like, you know that shit movie that James Corden wrote, which was like lesbian vampire slayers? Oh, yeah. Like, it sounds like an even shittier version than that, but yes. if you find it interesting... Yeah, there's more to it. Board. It's not just like a, a, a survey of Nuts magazine readers and their greatest <laughs> fantasies from history. It's not just James Corden and Matthew Horne running around killing zombies that are Vikings, which don't wear the hats, by the way. They don't have the hats. That's a myth. No, it is. The horns were actually on the inside, and that's why they did some of the horrible <laughs> things that they did. <laughs> yeah. Or it was in their pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, the background to this is there's uh, uh, these two Vikings, Hastein and his buddy Bjorn Ironside. Uh, Ironside. Bjorn Ironside, that's right. What, He's the first ever um, Viking with a wheelchair, possibly. <laughs> now, we can't know like, that for said, sure. He, he sounds like a 9th century Robocop. Yeah, effectively, yeah. Except imagine rather than having like sophisticated machinery that holds guns and stuff, it's just a, a old Viking man being carried around by people. Um, and instead of saying, you know, what is, what's Robocop's catchphrase? Like, uh, I'll be be- I know that's Terminator, innit? I- I'm a sort of a robot policeman. He'd be like, I'm a sort of a robot Viking. <laughs> but less mechanically, because he's not actually a robot. He's... He's just called Bjorn Ironside. We don't actually know if he was in a wheelchair, but I think it's important <laughs> to 
<laughs> serve the public. <laughs> Here we go. So Robocop's catchphrase was, serve the public trust, <laughs> protect the innocent, <laughs> and uphold the law, which is pretty far from what Vikings used to do, typically. Robocop. The Robocop quote you came up with, which wasn't a quote, was, I'm a kind of cop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sort of robot cop, yeah. We've all seen the movie, I don't know, bore you with exact verbatim quotes from the Robocop franchise, but I think that's in there somewhere. <laughs> Returning to the adventures of our uh, partially Arnold evil Schwarzenegger's friend. Arnold walking around in the 9th century... Yeah, actually, it would be helpful Rome. to imagine Hastein as an Arnie character, and then we've got okay. Bjorn Ironside, who's like Ironside, so he's in a rudimentary Viking wheelchair, <laughs> and which you know, it's like it's made of like sticks and stuff, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> these two guys, they on a campaign, kind of like a band goes on tour. They were on a Viking tour of the Mediterranean, and they decided to attack Rome. So they get to the city, they see. It's actually quite well defended. There's, a, there's not so many of them, but Hastein, Arnie, has a great idea. He's heard that the people of Rome now are Christians. So what he does is he gets 50 of his buddies who wear cloaks to disguise the fact that they're wearing full Viking armor and have weapons with them. So 50 guys disguised up like they're just, you know, cloak enthusiasts. And him... Yeah, yeah, they're like, it's cool. Yeah, exactly. It could be a time of year when... Cloaks are required yeah. in Italy. So and, and then it, it was like August and they were like, ah, yeah. <laughs> you, you got stuff. Yeah, I mean, they weren't that switched on to the dangers of this because him, he, him and his mates, 50 of them, turned up at the gates with him on a stretcher, uh, Hastein, and he claimed, so one of them, Bjorn there with his wheelchair, Hastein on a stretcher, and they were claiming that Hastein was dying, he was on his deathbed, and really wanted to convert to Christianity before he died. So right. the city opened up its gates and said, yeah, come on in, we'll get you a priest. 50 mates you brought with you, that's totally fine. They all seem like sound guys. You know, they... Did they not learn from the Trojan horse stuff from years before? The, I, I, the... Know, I know hindsight is, is a wonderful thing. It is, yeah. But, yeah. you know, surely there should be less, Rome should be less trustworthy. I can assume it's one of two things. what the Greeks did with the Trojans. Yeah, it's either that they were like, these guys are Norwegian, not Greek. They're probably fine. Or they were like, ah, you know, we're supposed to be Christians, you know, so we have to do the right thing, you know, be kind and, you know, you know turn the other cheek, as it were. So they let the guys in. Priest comes they did in. That literally, didn't they? Yeah, they got they got bent over because, as you can imagine, Hastein and his mates come in. Bjorn wheels into the city, and there's two versions of what happened next. One, um, the slightly prosaic one, is what you'd imagine. It was a trick. The more exciting version uh, is that Hastein got converted to Christianity and then a day later faked his own death and during the funeral with which all of his mates and cloaks and chilly friends all turned up and he burst out of the coffin like a Viking zombie and <laughs> beheaded the priest who was just, you know, doing the ashes to ashes business uh, and then sacked the city, him and his mates and took all the treasure that they could and skipped town. I like the um, second version better with the with the Viking zombie. That's obviously way cooler because you can imagine like a sort of pirate LeChuck sort of character. Bjorn Ironside like doing handbrake turns on the you know his victims. <laughs> Clearly the 
tire tracks through the whole of, of the Palatine, you know? Some kind of zombie Lewis Hamilton just going around, yeah. just killing all the road. Burning rubber. Or, or a, whatever the sort of Viking equivalent of rubber would be. How long would he have had to pretend to be dead for? That would—that's that's some acting. Well, he's chosen—he's chosen the least plausible one day. So I think if you were like, I'm on my deathbed and died the very next day, people would think, hmm, that seems like he might have been faking it. He probably should have waited some weeks, but he—he he had a busy schedule, like so they were booked at several cities across Europe. <laughs> so he's—you know—he's doing uh, Rome. He wants to kind of get I, through. I really need to be put into the ground quite quickly because I've got to invade Prague tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So if you could, if I do Did die. I say invade, I meant. If I do die. I, meant... <laughs> I mean, my spirit needs to invade Prague. Yeah. That's what I mean. So if you could put me in ground as soon as possible. Oh, I'm dying. That's a great one. Yeah. They're idiots. Rome Rome deserved to be ransacked. Well. Such idiocy. Well. If, that's, if that's the way, if that's the one that happened. Obviously, we're just guessing that they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then they just whipped out their knives and what well, knives, <laughs> their butter knives, and started <laughs> and started lacing them with butter, and, and they ate them like a crumpet. Um, <laughs> or the Viking equivalent of a crumpet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it gets it gets slightly more silly than that because, uh, yeah, as you say, they were idiots in Rome for letting these Vikings in. But there's a bit of a twist. It turns out that the Vikings had read the map wrong maybe like Bjorn was just tired because it was a long way but actually <laughs> and Ironside was tired from wheeling himself down yeah it turns out they actually raided the wrong city it was a totally what? different city about it was even Rome se- several quite like tens of miles away like it was like 70 kilometers away a small place called Luna which is very much smaller than Rome like comically smaller than Rome is next to some massive mountains looks nothing like the city of Rome <laughs> But I think they were kind of convinced themselves it was. If you've ever been lost and you go like, I think that's the street that we're on now because I can see a shop. Yeah, They've but I've never been that. in Kent and gone. <laughs> this this is London. They they must have they must have knew it wasn't Rome. There's a there's a possibility that they knew full well it wasn't Rome, but were going for the boasting rights and just came yeah, back they, and were like, hey, everyone, yeah, just sacked hey. Rome. <laughs> just fucking went and. Got Rome. Look, look at all these, look at all these pizzas we brought back. <laughs> so we clearly have been to Rome. What about uh, the, the, all this some of the cash. treasure chests have these T-shirts and they say "I Heart Luna." What's that about? Oh yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's a theatre in Rome. The Luna, th- yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone wears them in Rome. It's quite common. We've got, yeah. we've got cashew a pepe with us, which is a Roman <laughs> dish. Isn't that just pasta, cheese, and pepper? Yeah, 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 yeah. But we definitely got it from Rome. You can tell it's al dente. Yeah. What, do we whip this up ourselves on the boat? <laughs> what do you think we are? Cooks that could do this stuff. We had t- do you think we had time to, as we were doing our uh, days-long journey, weeks-long journey back up here, that, that we had time to make up some fake pasta and pepper? And, you exactly. idiots, it's come wa- on. It's guys. watertight, it's watertight. So the, the headline is, <laughs> zombie, zombie vi- Vikings sacked Rome in the 9th century. Good for them. Astain and Bjorn inside. I love that. Do you know, do you know what the, the weirdest thing I took out of the whole thing is is how people from Newcastle have two syllables in what that you could call tor or poor. These are one syllable words and for some reason people from Newcastle go tour. 
<laughs> two words. It's going on a There's world two tour. Two syllables here. <laughs> two syllables here. Poor. The poor this people. Is two... <laughs> Why is there two syllables in the tour? Um, <laughs> what an amazing story, though. So, so yeah. basically, these geezers, one walking, one not walking. Yeah. Got up to the, 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 the pearly gates of Rome. We're like, we're going to get you, Rome. And Luna were like, no, 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 guys, this is not Rome. Ah, Rome, we're going to get you. The, guys, this is not Rome. You're not going to find many riches. We're going to get you. Rome, we're coming for you. Guys, seriously, wrong place, wrong time. Okay, cool. But um, we're actually dying over it. You're dying? Yeah, we're dying we're on our way to Rome. And you're Rome. Like, no, we're not Rome. But you're clearly dying, so we'll, we'll help you out. Ah, we've got you. We're still not Rome, guys. And then they killed him. For the back chat. <laughs> you don't tell us this isn't Rome. We know where Rome is. We followed the map. That'll teach you a lie to me about where this is. And that's why yeah. we call it Rome. All roads lead to Luna. <laughs> we go to the words corner now. And the words is the time to listen to some words. <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's my jingle for the words. Nice. Yeah, thank you very much. And actually, off the back of Vikings. So, haggis comes from a Viking word, hag, in their Norse language, meaning roughly chopped. And so this is where haggis comes from. Doesn't uh, mean like a creepy old lady or anything. Not the original kind of like Norse god interpretation of hag. Mm. Uh, basically, the Vikings used to come over and they say we're going to hag them down, which just means like we chop them up. Uh, that's basically sense. what haggis is. It's sort of chopped up meat. Yeah. So there you go. Little word for you. Now you know haggis comes from Vikings. Lovely. Have you tried haggis before? I well, I'm Scottish, aren't I? Well, you, can you tell from my thick Scottish yeah, accent? Yeah, in it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love haggis. It's it's one of my actually one of my favourite meats. It's delicious. Oh, I'm haggis surprised. That, that's the thing. It's loads of people just think it's horrible. But I'm telling you now, like 95 percent of those people that don't like haggis have never tried it. Yeah, that's what definitely. I'm, I'm calling it out. I'm calling them out. And the people who don't like it because they're worried about what's in it, they'll have also eaten a hot dog at a stadium before. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's just it's just used to get made in a in a sheep stomach. That's all it was. But other than that, it's just mm. it's loads of different foods. But we, you do that with sausages. Sausages used to be about about the intestines of a a pig. So the, and no no one complains about that. But the sheep stomach is oh way too far. Well, I think it was a sheep's lung, far. which is I mean it's no worse or better than a stomach, I guess. But apparently that's the reason no. why it was banned from being imported into the US. Uh, I don't, maybe wow. it still is proper traditional haggis because it's uh, made in a sheep's lung. You eat you eat cow's ass. You know what I mean? The rump. You know what I mean? You're, You're using that as the, like the plural you. You're not just accusing me of eating cow's ass. Yeah, <laughs> just you grew you, up on a farm. You, were... you eaten a cow's ass before. <laughs> <laughs> just Buster's head first. Uh, <laughs> and another little word for you because we like words. Uh, pie comes from magpie because of their natural instincts to put random bits into their nest and that's essentially what a pie started off like basically using odd ends of meat and vegetables to chuck into this thing and and you create a pie and it all actually comes from the word magpie 
Or is it not the other way around? Did like we invent pies and went, hey, look, that bird is just making a pie out of bits of tinfoil and paper clips. We 100% had the word for magpies before we had the word for pie. Hmm. But where the term magpie comes from, I don't have a clue. And so we'll stop the segment there, really, because I don't answer any more of your questions. I've got one final question. What do you know the full uh, rhyme, or not rhyme, but the sort of the little story that you tell when you see a magpie? So it's like one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy. Four for a boy. Five Five, for up the bum. Five up the bum. Um, Six for the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre. And seven for heavily discounted products at B&M. Open your mouth. It's time we feed you the news. A German-Dutch research company have been able to build a battery that can go for a thousand kilometers with inside a car, meaning that it would be better for the environment. Don't need to go into detail. I like that, though, because cars, I've, I've always fancied an electric car, but it would be useless for me because... My parents, who I would normally go up and drive to see, live like 500 and something kilometres away and there's no electric cars with that sort of range. So this sort of thing would be really useful for me if I could Indeed. afford an electric car. I said to my girlfriend today that I think within about five years, or maybe ten actually, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stretch for ten just so I can maybe be right on this one, <laughs> is that people will look back at people saying why did we ever have petrol cars or even on top of that if you do have a petrol car people will be like what you have a petrol car i think it's going to be like a big like you don't do that anymore well i've just Not set like- a reminder on my phone it's an alarm that's going to go off in 10 years and i've written that down so you're gonna have egg on your face sir if in 10 years people don't say what you, you had a petrol car you won't be alive in 10 years <laughs> Was that a threat? <laughs> Nine years and 11 months from now, if people don't look at cars in a bad way, watch your back. <laughs> I really hope you don't die in nine years and 11 months now. Yeah, this Everyone's going to be, be coming after me. Record, yeah. <laughs> well, some other great news recently is uh, the new diagnosis of HIV has hit its lowest level in 20 years. Uh, there's lots of reasons for that. There's more education. There's better retroviral uh, drugs. There's people using contraception more and better in places where HIV is more common. Uh, and high-risk groups get sort of more attention from charities and uh, and doctors and GPs. But it's and less gays. There's more gay people now than there ever was. <laughs> so this is even even better. But. Uh, yeah, there's only uh, a handful of people, uh, 1,700 people, um, been uh, diagnosed uh, with HIV last year, which is... That's fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, I'm guessing that's, that's new cases. That's great. Yeah, that's new cases in gay and bisexual men. Awesome. And there's about the I same number fun- in uh, uh, heterosexual adults, that's male and females, or yeah. genders and sexualities. I, I, I just think it's great that um, you know people actually can live with HIV pretty symptomless mm. for the rest of our lives now it's, it's pretty cool yeah there's been some um, amazing yeah amazing progress in that uk bans big businesses from selling products linked to illegal deforestation 
So basically people can't sell products that are linked to horrendous crimes like burning massive forests forest and the stuff out, you know, is it Borneo with all the orangutans and stuff. Yeah, can't do that anymore. Good old UK government. And we don't say that very often, but credit where credit's due. No, we do not. So some other great environment news is that pollution levels in every city around the world continues to decline because of the reduced traffic both car and plane all over the world and there's also i saw in some other good news related to pollution dropping that some hospitals in london are actually going to be funding some traffic free streets to try and improve the air quality immediately around the hospitals uh, because there's such a huge link between pollution and ill health so while the pandemic is causing incredible misery and problems around the world. It has this tiny sliver of a benefit in that pollution is dropping in cities, which is improving people's health. That's awesome. I think Barcelona, uh, they're having a massive overhaul of all the streets as well. And they're saying that they're going to be taking away roads and uh, space for cars. Uh, so that they can have more pedestrian walking and and cycling whilst you know everyone's locked up, mm. and yeah, so shows it's possible, doesn't it? Ex- exactly. So yeah, good stuff for the environment. I bet the environment, the mother nature, is sitting there going, oh, "Oh, I didn't know, I didn't know you could do this much." Jesus Christ! Like you know, I released the coronavirus onto you, but I didn't expect all this <laughs> good stuff to come out of it. This is brilliant. Um. Marcus Rashford, just being a legend again, uh, he has been able to secure a charity for books so that more kids and underprivileged kids have more literacy in their lives. But also on top of that, again, pushed the government to do another U-turn on the campaign for free school meals uh, so people will be able to feed their children over Christmas, which is crazy that Mm. it's been such a struggle to feed children. But they have done it. They have done a U-turn. And I think that it's an amazing thing that Marcus Rashford, at 21 years old, has not only done this amazing stuff, but he's also a terrific football player. So, legend. (laughs) Has he been, uh, like, knighted? Or MBE. MBE, which is like yeah, down, one down from knighting. Yeah. They're given an MBE, uh, but I think the other British sports star that should be in line for a knighthood should be Lewis Hamilton after his amazing heroics of getting the seventh championship. Yes, he's amazing. matched uh, Schumacher's record now, hasn't he? That was the. They, has, they have indeed. Yeah. He's, yeah, well, he's a legend. He's one yeah. of the best. And uh, increasingly he, so, he he's best, probably got a long career ahead of him still, doesn't he? He's still a young guy. More vaccine good news. So we had last week the news that the uh, vaccine from Pfizer had hit 90% uh, effectiveness in its last trial. Um, You may have also heard about a new uh, vaccine from Moderna, the company Moderna, uh, not the place in Italy where balsamic vinegar comes from. Uh, They're not just injecting vinegar into people. That's... Donald you know Trump's what? Solution. You know what? Out, out of out of everything that is probably said in this podcast, people are going to sit there and be like, "Oh, is that where balsamic vinegar comes from?" <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the key takeaway. Balsamic vinegar comes from Moderna. But uh, the the um, this vaccine has been apparently uh, tested at ninety five percent effectiveness, which is fantastic. 
And uh, also on the theme of coronavirus vaccines, a World Health Organization uh, group that's been raising money to pay for vaccine distribution to poorer countries that can't afford the vaccines that are being made by these big biotech and pharmaceutical companies have just raised uh, more than their original target of two billion US dollars, um, which will cover 92 poor countries to have coronavirus vaccines and and increasing. So they hit this target early. So the likelihood is they'll, they'll hit the next one as well, which is great. Awesome. And the 95 really kicks the 90% into touch, doesn't it? It does. I think like, we're all waiting for the Oxford vaccine to be 96, something like that. Yeah, 90% was like, that is so good. And then literally we just dropped it. It was like 90% fuck off, you losers. Yeah. 95% is the way to go. They're all first class grades. Like you know, if you're doing your exams at university, yeah. anything over a 70% is a first. So, you know, they're yeah, kind of it's... showing off really. Yeah, but it's anywhere between, you know, this is the difference between like an A and an A star. And they got an A, well done, but you didn't get the highest mark of the class. So mm. you, can, you can just be second best loser. <laughs> A strong leadership and drug donations helped Malawi eliminate elephantiasis. That's um, great. Exactly. It's, it's a grueling, horrible disease, uh, which basically is inflammation of like your skin. And you get these like, like massive, massive legs, basically it's hard, thick skin. And then people get, can't really walk around and do things and there was a, uh, a documentary about a kid or a guy who had uh, elephantiasis who had gigantic bollocks they had to wheel them around in a wheelbarrow it was awful guys like yeah is that south park it was i think that's what he had in south park yeah i think so or either that was a huge tumor i can't remember but that does sound horrendous and yeah. i am not laughing <laughs> I mean, obviously, oh, there's something childishly it. funny about gigantic testicles, but not in real life. Yeah. You wouldn't want anyone to have no. gigantic testicles. No. Eh? It's all right for no. yeah, a cartoon. No. So yeah, um, there was parts of Malawi who had eighty percent of it. Eighty uh, percent of their populations would would have it, but yeah, got rid of it. So wait, eighty percent of the population had it. That can't be right. There were certain areas where eighty really? percent of the population would have it. Yeah. God, that's a huge yeah. problem. Well, that's major news. Crazy. Yeah, and they got rid of it. So legends. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we've got some health news from closer to home here in the UK. So the UK cool. government has unveiled plans to introduce a ban on junk food advertising across TV and online prior to the 9pm watershed in the UK. So that's to stop Great. children from being exposed to adverts for buy one get one free mm-hmm. deals, cheap uh, high fat and high sugar food. Um, mm-hmm. And that's... A series of things I've been doing over the past few years, like the sugar tax and things like that, to try and uh, encourage food producers to make healthier food because it's not entirely about giving people healthy choices, as there was the advice from a few years ago. Sometimes the cheap food is the shit food that damages people's See, health. So this is a good at, step. At the end of the at the end of the day, uh, companies like that don't spend hundreds of millions of pounds on advertisement because it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They they do it because it works. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I, I think it's fucking amazing news. It's a great like, step. This is, this is huge, huge. There is huge, one huge. thing of interest though beyond this as well, and that it's in consultation at the moment to uh, label. So the, these current plans require restaurants and cafes and things which have more than two hundred fifty employees, so bigger companies, to label uh, calories on their meals yeah. uh, in the menus. 
But there's plans in consultation now to do the same for alcoholic drinks, whether that's just going to be in restaurants or whether that's going to be in pubs and bars as well. That's quite interesting because I think people will be surprised. We talked on the last series of the Silver Linings podcast about the calories in uh, alcoholic Alcohol, drinks. general. And yeah. they were surprisingly high um, yeah. on th- you know, regular beers yeah. and wines as well as things that are obviously very high sugar like Alka Pops and things. But I, that would put me off a, a drink. I think sometimes you, you'd go to the bar and you'd see like a few hundred calories in a pint. You think, oh God, we also have a mm. vodka soda, please. <laughs> Whilst you sit there with a beer, even <laughs> though you know. <laughs> but you it's know. all about, it's all about buying have calories you... somewhere else. I'd be like, can I have a vodka soda at and a time, chips and mayonnaise, told... please? <laughs> it needs to be told to you at the time that you crack open the beer. So instead of making that sound as you crack over the beer and you just go oh, 400 calories yeah. you were oh no <laughs> putting that down that's a great invention idea that would really stop a lot of people picking up an extra drink oh fatty yeah oh, it would no. just it would make rude comments on your health yeah <laughs> oh your complexion's looking pretty bad at the moment <laughs> shut up beer <laughs> how many more gins do you want <laughs> You should buy your bra. You're getting moves. <laughs> Fuck off, beer. Stop it. Leave me alone. There's no room between your thighs anymore. <laughs> oh. let's, not, let, let's not invent this ever. This would be a public. <laughs> your feet don't even fit into your shoes anymore. <laughs> Who's get who's putting weight on their feet? Fat feet. <laughs> people get fat feet. Fat feet people out there, I salute you. <laughs> Close your mouth. <laughs> this is brilliant. This is perfect timing. Close your mouth. You fall from the news. Don't drink too much beer. <laughs> you really have to get a professional jingle thing out on the show. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, but if you could go onto our Facebook page and like it, and also on top of that, do the same for Instagram, but not Twitter, because Twitter's trash. trash. And invite your friends along to listen to our musings, if you will. Yeah, and remember, if you thought any of these stories or news was interesting and you tell a friend about it, but then don't tell them about this podcast, what you're basically doing there is stealing stories. Stealing news. It's piracy. So you probably should be giving credit and sending them over to listen to the podcast. And we will sue you. (laughs) We will sue. (laughs) Yes. We will pursue you like the pirates you are. We will hunt you down like Queen Victoria would have. (laughs) I was thinking more litigation, going through the courts kind of thing. Oh, no, I was literally pursued through the streets. Like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the headline is John Glenn sees fireflies in space. Oh, well, isn't is this just stars? No. So oh. uh, John Glenn, in case you don't know, he was an astronaut. Uh, he was the third person to orbit the Earth. Um, which sounds like a, you know, big deal bronze medal position sort of thing. But he was the first American to orbit the Earth. 
so as such is a huge deal over there. He's a national hero in America. And there was a right. film came out recently about him. He passed away in um, 2016, I think. And he uh, was a was a hero um, to, to most Americans, really. He was on the ship, third man to orbit the Earth. Um, third man, incidentally, the first two had been Russian men. But shortly after him was the first woman to do it. And still to this day, she holds a record for the youngest person ever to orbit the Earth at 26. And the only woman ever to do it on a solo mission. This first lady in space is called Valentina Treshkova. She's a she's a really interesting person. But that's what, not what this story is about. This is about John right. Glenn's Fireflies. So he was up there in the spaceship Friendship 7 which is a really cute name for a spaceship. Uh, and also, don't worry about what happened to the other six, sort of a type of moment, you know. That's another reason why it's heroic, you know. You're getting into a spaceship called Number 7. You've got six questions, don't you, about what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he goes up there in the spaceship, and he radios back down to, to Earth. He says, this is Friendship 7. I'll try to describe what I'm in here I'm in a big mass of some very small particles they're brilliantly lit up like they're luminescent I never saw anything like it they're round a little and they're coming by the capsule they look a little bit like stars a whole shower of them coming by so he's describing something like really close small um, particles shimmering and glistening around the spacecraft and it was a bit of a mystery for a time and all of this stuff was kind of you know kept reasonably confident well completely top secret for a time and then confidential for a bit after because of the cold war and the space race there was huge competition between russia and america and they didn't want to reveal anything that they found that might be of strategic military importance so if they'd found like something in space that they could study without the russians knowing it could give them an advantage what do you think john glenn's fireflies actually were because we have solved the mystery now so these are little dots of light, glowing, they yeah, saw. shimmering bits of light. The sort of coalescing around the spaceship, twinkling and luminescent. Was it leftover sperm from the, from the, from the other, like from the Friendship mission? Six? Yeah. Or well, the Friendship Five and the Friendship Six had <laughs> <laughs> friends, friendship spaceships with benefits. So it wasn't leftover sperm just floating in space. Incredibly, that's actually rather close. It wasn't Oh my god. It was piss. (laughs) It was John Glenn's piss and sweat and fluids from his spacesuit and the the capsule that he was in that were being vented into space. And as he passed around the Earth, they froze on the outside of the spaceship. And then when they came back into the sunlight around the sunny part of the orbit... They melted and would float around because they're going the same speed as the rest of the spaceship. They would float around the spaceship, glittering as the light hit them, and and refreeze. So, it so would... he was in some kind of pissy snow globe. Yeah, pissy snow globe. Yes, <laughs> it was a pissy snow globe. Yeah. <laughs> that a wonderful image. Horrendous and fun <laughs> at the same time. Space exploration is cool kids so get astronaut down on your cv and you too can be in a pissy snow globe so that was going to be my alternative headline but i didn't want to give it away right at the top of the story but my alternative headline was going to be 
John Glenn Space Disco Piss. I think we could also change it to John Glenn's Pissy Snow Globe, which I like a lot. I I love that story. That is amazing. Um, because he he's he's out in space. Yeah. Obviously, what a day. there's a lot what a day of there's, 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 exactly, there's, there's already so much like just fear and anguish and anxiousness mm-hmm. and like you generally you must be literally and theoretically you know, shitting yourself about the whole experience but also on top of that like what an amazing experience to be able to do just like a lot of people signed up for the Mars missions and even though they know they won't be coming back or anything like that that you know that they're part of history mm-hmm. and he's gone up there and over the, the those few days he's he's gone not only am I up here orbiting the earth and having the ability to kind of you know do history but I've also come across this amazing spectacular mm. new space event yeah because there were certain what things they were expecting to see weren't they yeah it's still we amazing see. but yeah and he's and he's sitting there going what the hell are these things we are we're we're on the brink of a new scientific mm-hmm. discovery, and then as he's mentioning this, over the weeks and months of seeing these fireflies come at him, someone's just gone and said to him, "That's your piss, mate." He's gone, ah, yeah, no, it's I, I, it's it's, it's nice that he didn't get told while he was up there because that would have soured the moment slightly. That would took the piss. The, the actual transcript of the conversation between him and Capcom, which is the command center down on Earth, is is available online. And you can see the wonderment with which he's describing this. He uses the word, I never saw anything like it. He also says they're brilliantly lighted. They're, they're twinkling and luminescent. He's really excited. He's so and it's excited. Just piss. And it's, <laughs> it's just his piss outside piss. the yeah. shuttle. It's, it's yellow snow in space. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, bless him. And I imagine if John was was with us today, he would say, well, that's news to me. So that's all we have time for this week. I've learned a lot. It's been very, very interesting. Uh, What did we end up learning about, Buster? So this week we learned about famous Viking double act, Hastein and Bjorn Ironside, who may or may not have been in a wheelchair, and they may or may not have faked their death. To get into a Italian city. We've also learned that John Glenn spent a period in the 60s floating in a snow globe full of his own piss. And now that is not news to me. <laughs> goodbye from me. <laughs> and goodbye from you. The Malawian government has got rid of and eliminated elephantiasis. Elephantiasis? No. How do we say? We, we, Elephant- did, we did this before. How- the, before Elephantitis. The Elephantiasis. <laughs> Elephantiasis. <laughs> it's a word <laughs> that's in English, and I can't fucking pronounce it. Elephant. Elephant. Elephantiasis. Elephantiasis, that's it. <laughs> There's some great phonetics coming from Odin on the chat. <laughs> elephantiasis, is that right? Elephantiasis, that's right. And now you have to immediately switch gears because elephantiasis is not this funny. It's actually really awful.
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, strong leadership and drug donations have helped Malawi to eliminate elephantiasis. Oh my god, did I myself <laughs> again? Did I actually myself again? Elephantiasis. 